Father's Day and Mother's Day are the subjects of this podcast. Each month of the year has a special day that we're examining. For January, New Year's Day. For February, Valentine's Day. For March, St. Patrick's Day, and so forth. And for June, Father's Day. The purpose of the lessons is to give us ways to think biblically about these various days and celebrations so that the day doesn't just come and go as in any other year, that we may give it some thought and, if possible, even look at it theologically. Father's Day first. My father, Charles Jacoby, was born in 1923. I wasn't especially close to him, though I certainly loved him, and we knew he would die of cancer. But when he did die in 2003, at the age of 80, I was completely unprepared for the emotional blow. I assumed that, not being so close, I wouldn't miss him so much. This was just the opposite. In fact, the tender feelings are probably uh, were greatly accentuated in '03, and now I look back at it all in a very different way than I did at the time. Perhaps there wasn't so much emotional closeness because my father wasn't close to his father. His father, Charles Jacoby Sr., was born in 1879 and died in 1932, coincidentally the year my mother was born. So for my dad, he was only nine when he lost his father, and as an only child, his older brother had died in infancy, brought up in a very difficult time during the Depression, he wasn't, let's say, very big on the warm fuzzies. I, on the other end, uh, in addition to being a son, am a father myself. We have three children. And so I don't want to, uh, to just speak academically about Father's Day. I want you to know that I've thought about this a lot from my own perspective as a father and as a son. When does Father's Day go back to? What are the origins? Well, the uh, concept may be much older than 1908. 1908 is when it seems to have been actually introduced. In the United States, though, the first presidential proclamation honoring fathers was made by Lyndon Johnson in 1966. In 1972, President Richard Nixon signed it into law. And so, at least in my country, Father's Day is a fairly new thing. Of course, it's not always in June. For example, in Russia, it's celebrated on February 23rd. Brazilians celebrate Father's Day the second Sunday in August. In Australia, it's in September. Indonesia, it's the 12th of November. But most countries in the world celebrate Father's Day on the third Sunday in June. Let's talk about Mother's Day for a moment. Now, my mother is still alive. She was born in 1932. Uh, we have good communication. I, I, I try to honor her and remember her and and, uh, and send flowers every year and make a special phone call. Uh, she lives uh, several hundred miles away from me. Mother's Day, of course, for all of us is, uh, is probably much more of an event, at least it always was in our family. Mother's Day was uh, proclaimed by President Woodrow Wilson in 1914, the year that World War I began. Its roots are significantly earlier, though. After the devastating American Civil War, which ended in 1865, many of the mothers 
who had lost sons in this, this horrific war, banded together in a disarmament movement, a pacifist movement. And so in 1870, um, proposed this idea of a Mother's Day. But again, didn't become official until 1914. You may be thinking, well, Father's Day is in June, but Mother's Day, that's in May, isn't it? Well, not necessarily. I have two mothers, in a sense, because I have my mother-in-law. My mother-in-law is British, because my wife is British. And in Britain, Mother's Day is normally in March. It can also be in April. It's the fourth Sunday in Lent. It follows the, the calendar of the Church of England. Anyway, for me, I have to remember two different Mother's Days. One normally in March, the other in May. In the Middle East, if you're in Egypt listening to this, you know it's at the equinox. It's the beginning of spring. If you're from Argentina, Mother's Day is in October. In most countries, though, it's in May. Now, how should we, as, as thinking men and women of faith, view these days, Father's Day and Mother's Day? Well, uh, obviously, um, I think they're very positive. You won't find me speaking against uh, Mother's Day and Father's Day. And it, this goes back to the Ten Commandments. And it's something that it's so uh, subtle, we, we may miss it. We're familiar with the uh, commandment that says, Honor your father and your mother. And this, of course, is uh, repeated in the New Testament. I'd like to read Ephesians 6, the first three verses. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with the promise, that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on the earth. The command is not to honor your father, which is what we would be expecting in the ancient world, but to honor your father and mother, and that is unusual. People sometimes think of the Old Testament as putting women down compared to what was practiced and believed in the cultures of the day. The Old Testament actually significantly improves, raises up the condition of women. The husband praises his wife. His children rise up and call her blessed, as in the end of Proverbs 31. In the New Testament, the position of women is improved even more, especially by the Apostle Paul and by Jesus Christ. In the Ten Commandments, commanding that we honor not just the father, but also the mother, the Jewish religion was way ahead of the game. And I think that's a very important point to make in evangelism, particularly if you're talking with someone who's heard negative things about the Old Testament or who is of a feminist bent, who may not realize how much dignity was um, given or increased in women by the law of God. Now, of course, there are certain dangers in these days, Father's Day, Mother's Day. And one comes with all institutions where, well, there's the danger of commercialization and there's the danger of, I don't know what to call it, let me call it Corban. Let's, let's begin with the Corban. In Matthew 15, also Mark 7, Jesus has some very strong words for those who pretend that they're honoring their parents. They do it by giving a monetary gift to the temple. And uh, Corban is simply um, a 
Semitic word meaning offering. So they've given this offering, this korban. And then when their parents need help, perhaps in their in their final years, the children excuse themselves. They say, well, we've already helped. We gave money in their name. And Jesus says, that's ridiculous. You're uh, nullifying the commandment. You're not really taking care of your parents. Well, what are we doing? And, and this, is, this is a question that um, I think about this a lot. Am I truly honoring my mother? Have I truly honored my father? Or am I guilty of some kind of korban? Instead of really being involved and, and loving hands-on, am I replacing that with something that's kind of a cheap substitute? Like just sending a card. Now, I'm not against nursing homes, but I do think if your parents are getting on in years, you may have been thinking about this. Of course, it's a lot easier in our day for a senior citizen to say no to being institutionalized in a nursing home than that it might have been a century ago. Or for a woman to say no, whereas in the 19th century, some men, just to get a new wife, had their wives declared insane and they were put in asylums. Our world has come a long way just in the last 100 years. But to truly honor our parents, we've got to ask that tough question. Is it better to have them live with us in their final years or in a home? And I'm not giving an answer on that. But I'm saying honoring our parents is something that all cultures grasp intuitively, but not all cultures really take care parents. And in Western society, and this is the society, of course, I'm most familiar with, we're very used to putting seniors into homes. Now, the, so the other, that's the first danger, the danger of, of, of kind of a korban, of, a, of doing something for our parents. Perhaps it's saying nice words, or um, perhaps it's just sending cards, and, or making Christmas a, a big deal. But when it, where the rubber really meets the road, when when they need us, when, in a sense, the roles are reversed and our, our parents are very old, are we going to um, resort to something that's impersonal? Are we going to fall into the trap that, that many Jews apparently were falling to in the first century, which is why Jesus was so strong? Um, or are we going to truly honor them? Now, the other caution is commercialization. And I understand that the woman who really pushed for Women's Day for, for Mother's Day to, to become a, a, an official a holiday, regretted it. By the end of her life, she regretted it because it, so quickly it became commercial as, as the vendors of chocolates and flowers and cards uh, made their money. And I confess that to some extent I buy into it as well. Usually I buy flowers for my mother. But is commercialization um, undoing all the good of Father's Day and Mother's Day? Well, in conclusion... As a means of honoring one's parents, these traditions are excellent. Uh, viewed theologically, uh, great. These are ways of implementing one of the Ten Commandments, of respecting Paul's words in Ephesians and Colossians. It's just right. And the other conclusion is, as long as we don't end up compartmentalizing, honoring mom and dad just one day a year, dishonoring them the rest of the year, there's no reason to stop celebrating whatever month it happens to be, Father's Day and Mother's Day, 
in your own country. Thanks for listening to these thoughts. I hope that they're stimulating.